Sports Illustrated begets pay dirt. And now we're at Data Driven Football, the gateway game. Ron Pizar, thank you so much for uh, filling us in on the uh, latest on the pay dirt concept. Glad to be here and uh, thanks for inviting me. Always, always excited to talk about this great platform. You call it a gateway game and, and it certainly is. There's uh, ease and simplicity to it and uh, it certainly uh, garnered quite a following over the years. It's a perennial top three, you know, it's a, that status pro. And then of course you get into the app and the strata. I mean, it just really hit the right buttons at the right time. Uh, so when did you get involved and how? And Sure, a little background. So I started playing the game in the mid to late 70s, um, you know, uh, like many of us, and, uh, you know, just fell in love with it. We had groups of friends and we would, you know, Friday night would come and, you know, we'd have a sleepover, you know, we'd rotate through the sleepovers and, you know, we'd be playing all weekend. And, uh, you know, so I played it uh, for five 10 years probably, and then family, profession, career, you know, all kids, all of those things. Um, I'm a software engineer by trade, and uh, .NET, Microsoft's .NET platform was released uh, 2000 timeframe, I guess it was. So I'm like, I, I need to learn the new, the new tools. And I said, what, what piece of software could I write that would be representative uh, and, and have maybe have some benefit and, you know, I can learn, kick the tires with it. So I, you know, I just said, oh, let me try Pater. And, um, you know, I, I, I had no intention to, to get to, the, to where I'm at right now with the, with the platform, but, um, you know, it started then, um, and I guess it took a few years to get it, get it up and running. And I guess it was around 2006, 2007. When I said, "What well, really to 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 take it to the next level? I have to start designing the seasons, and it's just it's just gone from there." Well, we are eternally grateful, sir. So, how many seasons are have you gone back, and what are your plans for future seasons? Right. So, I, I started with the 05 season. I did 05 and 06, uh, kind of at the same time. Um, you know, the play-by-play -play data. You know, when when you if you read. The original game box and the original designers they talk about the play-by-play -play and the data and the statistical analysis and you know when i read that you know I, I really took it to the nth degree now with technology and the nfl you know that data is out there and it's live and it's it's real time so uh you know i wrote some software to read that data down and parse it and so i literally have all the plays from every season all the way back to 2005 you know, I plan to continue doing it um, as long as the NFL keeps publishing the data. I would love to go back. Uh, so I, I have done some research. They do, you know, the, the, the data, that, the play-by-play -play data that they publish now is in the same format, I think, back to 98. So that I could go back a little further. They have, I think the play-by-play -play data is also available um, in an in, uh, image format, they must have had, you know, the NFL statisticians back to 81. I've seen some of that data as well, handwritten, play-by-play, -play, same format, but it's scanned in. So my parser wouldn't be able to read it. So, 
it, you know, my plan would be to continue doing it. And I'd, I'd love to go back and, and, and do some of those classic seasons, 78, 84, 2000, 72, 85. I mean, you, you know, they all have merit, right? Um, even the college game, even the college game, I get a lot of requests for that. Um, there's some folks in the community have approached me. Um, I'm only one person though, and I have a day job. <laughs> That's the unfortunate part. Work gets it is, hobby, it is. I know it's it's rude. It's very rude. So, would you refresh us all on basically how the game plays? The basic premise of the game and how it plays is you've got two teams. It's really from a coaching perspective, team level, no players. So you're not setting formations. You're not substituting players. So that's the simplicity, maybe the gateway perspective of it. Um, you know, each team has nine offensive plays and six formations. Those are kind of, you know, generic, I would say, and they're the same for all teams. Again, that simplicity that you refer to. Here's where the game is unique and really where the engine, I think, still holds the test of time. I think the designers were tremendously uh, uh, ahead of their time. Three six-sided dice with different face values. So the probability, they called them probability dice when they first came out. And that's because the dispersion of probability, you know, you're, you're, you get 216 outcomes versus 36. So you've got granularity in your outcomes. Um, so the, the basic premise is I choose a play, you choose a play, I roll my dice, you roll your dice, and we look at each of our team's charts, which represent the team's strengths and weaknesses, and we kind of uh, do a cross-reference and there's, uh, you know, a chart that kind of tells you how to do that cross-reference and resolve the outcome. Do you have folks, I mean, I imagine you get the Delphi folks, are you seeing folks do the full season replays, doing the whole stats keeping thing? Oh, I do. I do get the Delphi folks. I, I you know, I started my own Facebook group. I, I think uh, that, that has it set at its own legs. And within my group anyway, it, it, uh, obviously it's uh, dedicated to DDF. So there's a lot more participation, a lot more conversation. We uh, have online leagues and we do do replays and it's not just me hosting it. If you uh, have the PC game and have Zoom or TeamViewer Teams or whatever, you can, you can uh, you know, host the game and host the screen and you know, replay the, the, the software can do head-to-head uh, -head simulate a game, simulate a week, any combination of those sorts of things. So yeah, we have, uh, you know, season replays going on all the time. It's interesting how folks really just seem to pick a game and it stays with them for life. You know, what do you think that, does it, is it just a function of the level of detail someone's comfortable with, or is it purely the nostalgia aspect or a combination? That is a great question because, you know, I played Status, I played APA, I played Strat, I played Football Strategy, I played Pater, um, uh, even the, the one with the, the Tudor one where you flip the little lever and, you know, I mean, I, I've played dozens of games and, you, you know, when I thought, hey, well, what software can I write? I came back to this game and I still come back to it. I think it's all of the above. It really is. For me personally, the simplicity I can play a game in an hour, maybe even less. The realism, especially with, with the work I've done, I think I've really amped the game up quite a bit from a simulation perspective and a realism, a realistic perspective. 
it, it, it really, really rivals a lot of the, 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 the competitors in the market. Uh, and the fun element, I mean, those are the three things, time, realism, and fun. I, I, I like it and um, you know, that, that's it for me. And the other element to that question is it, it's interesting. I was thinking, I was thinking when I start this, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I could build on top of the game that's already there, that will, uh, I can reach the market more easily or draw in those folks or whatever. And I, I certainly have, I, I guess my, I, I was maybe a little more ambitious. I, it, it kind of bit me a little bit because for that same reason, I think folks are like, Oh, it's pay dirt, <laughs> or uh, oh, it's it is a gateway game. Oh, I know how that works, and it, it's not really for me. And and I, I think it it kind of they're not giving me a, it's not, they're not giving DDF a fair shake as a result of it. They're, they maybe moved on to Fourth Street or Appa or Strat or Player Level or you know some of the other team level games, and they think oh, it's just pay dirt. It's it's basic, and it, it's not the case. So you know six to one half of the other. It was it, it, some advantages, some disadvantages. Advantages. Obviously, there is no perfect game, right? So you, you've got, uh, you know, you, you choose the views of the game and that level of, as you say, granularity. When you, if you talk about going back to those old systems, uh, rather the old seasons, would you anticipate any sort of, uh, we always talk about normalization, you know, to try, or will the system inherently take the stats that you have uh, not that I don't, I don't think uh, the DDF or Paydirt folks are really playing cross era that much, but would that be a possibility or is that a concern for you? That, that's a great question. And I get asked that all the time. And you, you would have to do some sort of cross, from where I sit now and what I've learned over the few years of doing this work, you, we would want, I would want to publish some sort of cross era indexing to make the, to make the, to make it apples and apples. Um, and, and somebody emailed me just yesterday with that same exact question. Hey, I want to play a 79 Steelers against the, the 2020 Chiefs. And, and you can do that, but the game engine out of the box really isn't designed to do that. So, and the amount of work, uh, again, I would love to, and I'd love to build that index. Um, and it's certainly possible to do that, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I, I would love to do that for sure. Yeah. And to be clear, you mentioned that the original Pay Dirt Sports Illustrated uh, designers talked about you know, the process, and you are quite generous. And on your website, uh, there is the design process link, and you go through that there as well. For the normalization aspect, would you be you know kind of meeting in the middle, or I mean, in terms of you know you've got what some would call the dead ball football era up to, you know, the past happy eras here from say the late eighties, early nineties, run and shoot all the way to today. So you're kind of trying to match the, the professional games, inherent strictures or uh, facilitation of these, you know, offenses that were kind of tamped down. The defense had all the rain of the field and now it's the complete opposite. How would you approach that for, DDF. That question is one of the reasons why I haven't really invested a tremendous amount of time in it yet. But but no, you're you're right, and, and that's that's part of the challenge. Um, you know, I would say, you know, just as a as a basic fundamental uh, 
paradigm to set that context. You know, if you've got the 72 Dolphins, you've got the 78 Steelers, and, you know, maybe they're the 78 Steelers, I'm just guessing what their, their rush defense statistic might be, 2.8 yards a carry, let's just say. You know, nowadays it's 4.2, 4.1, 4.3 in that range. You know, how do you make up that difference? And, it, it, and if those guys were playing today, would it really be that much different from what the current average? Would it be the, all the way down to the 2.8? Would it be 3.1? Would it be 3.3? You know, and, 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 and make those range comparisons. Like I know for, like when I'm looking at uh, relative performance within one season, I mean, you're talking two yards different. The best offense right around six yards a game or per play, excuse me. Uh, defense, you're looking at the best defense, four and a half yards per play. You know, you're within two yards from best to worst. So, you know, does that variance hold back then? I, I haven't done that work and I don't have the play-by-play -play and I haven't spent a lot of time. I would love to do it and I would... Uh, you know, certain, like I said, you can certainly calculate that and work through it. It's just a matter of time and resources. But that's where I'd start. I would want to compare how well, how well is the, you know, what's the universe of data for 78 or 72 in 2000 and 2020? Look at those ranges, look at those min maxes, look at those variances, look at those deviations. And if they're similar, then I can say, okay, well, then that, that 2.8 yards per carry, that's real. And I would be able to, to index it appropriately. Or no, it's not real. And it was 2.8 then, but it really would have been 3.1 in today's game. You know, it, it, there's some qualitative piece to that, but, you know, it first starts with doing that statistical comparison between the, the, the data sets. And then you've also got to factor in uh, special teams efficiencies and overall team efficiencies these days, whether it's protecting the ball. I mean, all aspect phases of the game, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned right off the bat, 72 Dolphins, 78 Steelers, 79 Steelers, and some other seasons there. Who are your personal favorites season-wise, team-wise, player-wise? So, so, so I, I started out. I, I'm, I'm from Central Pennsylvania. My dad is uh, my dad's a Nittany Lion, and uh, growing up in State College, I uh, uh, was a fan of the Steelers. They were hot at that time, and I was, uh, you know, even though I was right in the middle of the state, I, I went with the Steelers for whatever reason. Um, so, uh, I, growing up, and uh, up until I would say '95. And even when I was playing Pater, I was all Pittsburgh. And uh, my, my dad and I moved to, to Baltimore. And I lived in Baltimore for 20 plus years. And so now I'm a Ravens fan. But um, I, I think if I look back, which is an odd thing, right? Baltimore and Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, obviously those, those classic Pittsburgh uh, seasons, 78, 79, 77, probably even one of those in the mid 70s as well 72 dolphins you have to, they're undefeated i'd love to see what they're you know apply my analysis get the play by and look at the chart uh 85 uh bears defense um and, and you know the early early mid 80s uh, miami san francisco in there 84 early 90s buffalo and dallas i mean you know there's 
you know, you can look at any season. And I, I was watching the end of the game last night, and and uh, Aaron there, she was interviewing Aaron Rodgers, and he says, "How can you not be romantic about football?" And I, I can't remember what the specific that was the quote, but in reference to what he was saying. And I, I just thought it was what a unique thing to say. And when you think about it. I mean, look at look at all those seasons that I just mentioned. You can go back to pretty much all of them, and there are so many underlying stories and 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 things that you can think of and remember. I'd want to have all of them done if I could. <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah, perfectly well said. That's it. Yeah, you just you know your your own team. You like to play your own team, but then you start looking at these other you know possible projects. It's like wow, they came so close, or this was a you know the. the the things that occur um, within season to season, team to team, are like, man, that's amazing. Teams have just missed you know, playoffs because of the rules or a tiebreaker or whatever. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, even in my, in my online league, we have eight guys who have been doing it. And what we try to do is um, we pick the two divisions. We don't like picking the top echelon. We don't want to make it too easy for ourselves. So we pick like playoff caliber teams. And we try to pick the two divisions that are matched up against one another. Uh, like last year was AFC North against A NFC East. And I, I did happen to play Baltimore, which was my team, which was the first year that I've actually played my team in my replays. Most of the times we don't because either the divisions don't line up or, or what we, you know, the, the core is to have uh, competitive games. So if you've got a division with a, a team that's, you know, four and 12, you know, it, nobody, there's real no chance. We want to give every, every participant a chance to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, I played them for the first time, but, you know, in previous replays, I played the Patriots, I played the Dallas Cowboys, I played whatever. And to your point, it's like, man, you really learn the subtleties in certain teams. And you want, like you said, what, you know, boy, these guys were really better than the record and just had some unfortunate circumstances that put them out of the playoffs or whatever. So that to me is, is the fun of it is, you know, seeing what could have happened, not just with your team, but with the league. And, and I, I think for the most part, the range of outcomes is broader than we think it is, is, is my personal opinion. For sure. Well, don't they say or that, uh, you know, a game comes down to only a few plays really? That's right. In your league, are you playing out, replaying the entire actual season? Are you making up a season? Do you have any strictures on kind of uh, statistical outcomes? So, so what, how I run my league, and you know, everybody does it slightly differently. My league, we replay the whole season as is. So like I said, we pick, we pick two divisions, or if, if the divisions don't line up too well, we'll pick you know, maybe the eight teams that are bubble teams, you know, maybe from eight and eight to 10 and six, 11 and five, seven, you know, seven and nine, maybe, um, you know, and, and we'll draft those teams. And then what will happen is we will replay, you know, so for all the games with a, a human coach, if I'm coaching the Ravens, I'm coaching them for all 16 games of the season. Okay. And then we got seven other guys, they're coaching their team for the entire season. So if, if, if Baltimore is playing Miami, and there isn't, you know, Miami isn't a, a, a human coach team. One of the other guys will coach as Miami to play as the opponent. So all of our, all of our games that our teams are involved on in our head-to-head -head games. 
And it, so it normally runs, uh, you know, depending on what the actual NFL schedule is, we will play anywhere between 80 and 120 games head to head with our eight players. So it's a reasonable footprint. And so we'll, we'll play all of those. And, you know, the goal is we measure success based on your final uh, current, uh, regular season record to how that team did. So if Baltimore was uh, last year, Baltimore was 11 and five, I finished 10 and six. And then at the end of the season, at the end of the season, I actually do a uh, actual to, to, to replay statistical comparison for all of our eight teams, as well as the league's statistics in total. It's, it's fascinating. It really is fascinating. How close do you get more often than not? For the most part, when I reconcile, so just a little bit about the, the, the QA process and how my design works. I run, I probably simulate 400 seasons um, from the time that I finish the design until the time that I release. The, the variance in simulation results to actual are usually, for most stats, are within a tenth of a percent. So when we do our replays, I'm going to say probably 90% of the statistics hold true to that. Um, in, in my case, may, may, maybe I'm giving away, holding, you know, showing my cards here. In my case, my run pass ratio was almost identical. My, you know, my, you know, just how I managed the team played out nearly very similarly to, to how Baltimore played. And, and again, maybe that's my view. I'm aligning, maybe that's me as a player. I align how they did, or that's just how I play. I don't know, but uh, you know, I came in short and my stats were nearly spot on other players. Uh, you know, they will be aggressive, far more aggressive passing the ball. So you'll, their run pass ratio might shift from say, 58 to 65, or they'll run more heavy. And, you know, those changes in game plan, which is really the purpose of the game. It's like, what could a team have done differently to change their outcome? And, and it, it, it's interesting because even with those changes, you, you know, the stats don't vary that much. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a few turnovers difference. Maybe there's you know, third down conversions a little lower. Again, it's it's. I think the difference between you know uh, a six and ten team and a ten and six team could is could be very narrow in some cases. So it, it only takes a few a, a few things to shift one way or the other, and and you're out. So, but I, I would say on a whole, the engine really does a great job at at simulating you know, team performance, which is, again, a hard, a core deliverable of the game. When you created the PC version, did you incorporate any different functionality, anything slightly different, or, and do folks uh, prefer or tend to prefer the tabletop or the PC? Great question. So it was funny, when I first got the code up and running, and again, I'm learning.net, so I'm, I'm, I'm more focused on the, the, on the tech stack than I am the game. So, you know, I didn't even think the thing was going to run. So I got it up and running because I, I wrote the AI and, and you know, I, I was like, I remember the day when I hit the button and said, simulate a game. And, you know, it simulated the game. And I looked at the play-by-play -play calls and it was like, oh my goodness, it worked. So then once I, you know, once I got the engine up and running and I started to look at the output 
of the pay dirt seasons. One, that, and I'm not minimizing that, but I, you know that was one of the things that said, "Oh, I, I need to divide, I need to start designing the current seasons, and I need to use the play-by-play data, and I've got to reconcile the statistics." So a, a couple of things: the time, the core timing of the game was not granular enough. So I had to tweak that to get the play counts accurate. I, I was coming, um, I was coming up with too few plays. So that was the first anomaly that I found. Um, so I changed the timing a little bit. Um, uh, some of the other things, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I changed too much, but what ended up happening is after I made that tweak and I started collecting the play-by-play data, and I started to really think about how play resolution works with the original game, the priority chart. I talked, we talked about that earlier. So how do you blend the statistical performance and you represent that performance and get those very finite and specific outcomes and you get them to work with the engine? What I found is certain gaps in the original designer's game. They, they were, for example, their uh, de- defenses had limited ability on influencing penal- penalties. Defenses had lim- limited ability to um, sack rate on the quarterback. Um, and, and again, it's just how certain outcomes are represented in the game and how the, the engine resolves those outcomes. So what I started to notice is, okay, I can improve the, the statistical result and, and, and the team representation if I do this. So I create, basically I created additional charts. Uh, I call them optional or advanced charts that take certain aspects that either the designers didn't have the data, they made some, uh, they made some assumptions on what have you. And I've, I've basically added those additional features uh, to the PC game and to the board game to improve the experience. So I don't really have to change much, but once I got into it, I found ways to improve it. And then to your second part, what do they prefer? So, you know, I'm a technology guy and, and I say that I, I, I don't like, I don't like my phone. I try not to have my phone. I try to live life and, and be in the moment. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, well, who would, who, who's, once I release this and once it gets going, who's going to want to play with the board game, right? It's PC game. I can play you online and boom, we're done in 30 minutes or whatever. And, and I can't remember why I made the decision. Oh, I know this is what happened. Folks started saying, you know what, Ron, can you send me printed copies of the charts? I want, I want, I want to look at the hard paper just like I did. So I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I found a printer here in, in, in Richmond, Virginia, a digi- you know, professional company. I send them the PDFs. He does a great job. I mean, immeasurably better than what, what, what you think of with the game. Start, starts doing these prints. And then people are like, do you sell the board game? I, 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 I had a copy of Pater and I sold it in the yard sale. <laughs> and I don't want to go, you know, I don't, I'd rather have just one transaction. I don't want to buy a game from eBay and to buy the charts from you. Can, can you get me a copy of the game? So I said, all right, well, maybe I should start selling the board game. I, I kid you not that it's probably 60, 40 board game people, 60 for the board game on tabletop maybe 40 percent for the for the pc game and 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 they they bounce back and forth between the two you know just depending on on personality and and preferences but um it's it's a it's a broad distribution i you know the the tabletop 
I was I was shocked at how much the tabletop, um, how much that interest really was. Pleasantly surprised too. Well, I'd say they always say, you know, you don't have to plug it in, you just go and play. You know, it's sometimes even the the supposed ease of setting up a, a PC game or a Madden or something like that. It's like, oh man, you know, sometimes it's not to out oh, right there, you know. So. And, and, and it's it, and right, and it's not just that. It's it's there's a you know, like obviously in in, in current times in the you know things like tabletop simulator and board gamery great right we all we all had some benefit from being able to do those things but when it comes down to it you know sitting sitting at a table if you can do that with a friend uh and pulling out the the, the and having a conversation and interacting and and you know it really adds to the experience so it's there I, I found that they're not substitutes they're complementary uh options have you ever had occasion to converse with or contact the original design? Not directly. Um, as we, I don't know, maybe maybe folks know, Dr. Nicely passed away two years ago, I believe. He's a Virginian. I'm, I'm, I reside in Virginia as well. Lynchburg College, I think, is where he was a math professor. So there was some local news on that. Um, certainly folks uh, know of him if you're, if you're close to the game. I did not converse with him directly. However, one of the hobbyists, Matt Flore, who was part of the community, he did. And he actually, uh, you know, I, I don't know all the details of that conversation, but he and Dr. Nicely were, were had frequent conversation, I, I guess, after the initial contact in the late 90s, I guess, would be my, would be, would be my guess there. And you know, uh, Dr. Nicely was open and shared shared his work with Matt, and Matt kind of took it over, kind of similar to what I have done. You know, just a, an enthusiast who loved the game. And uh, when I came onto the scene, um, you know, obviously in the various forms and stuff, Matt Matt reached out to me, and and we started talking. So so indirectly, he and I had many conversations on you know what Dr. Nicely did and and how he did. He Matt never shared the formula with me. But it was funny because I had I had gained a lot of momentum. I'll say it that way. I had gained a lot of momentum, and I always publish free sound, you know, free samples for folks to download. It's just like any product these days, right? Hey, I want to try before I buy. So it's I I, I post that out there, and I guess Matt Matt got wind of it, and so he downloaded, and I guess he started maybe looking at my charts and comparing comparing my work to what nicely would have done or what you know i i think he was he was heavily scrutinizing it because he's a purist he was a purist uh and you know he doesn't want the game tarnished uh, you know and matt matt ended up, ended up passing away before uh you know we really got to, to being close friends but but again he he stands by the game and he stands by nicely's design so he was really shaking his finger at me and you know he's looking at my work and he's like hey ron I, you know i this this is pretty darn good. I like what you're doing here. Can, why don't we start? Would you think about partnering? And by that, like I said, by that time, he's like, I can give you. Uh, you give me the data. I'll show you, and all all we'll run it through Nicely's formula. And I, I was like, mm, I don't know, but um, you know. So that was that was my my closest to speaking with uh, the designer. So not first generation, or, but second generation uh, contact. Whatever game system you have, and there's that mythic magic formula in the safe deposit box that no one can touch, you know, the uh, 
but still, you know, you can get close and, and there's that subjectivity even within uh, a formula, wouldn't you say? I mean, you still have to make some choices. Great question. And, you know, I try to be as open and, and transparent because I think that's built confidence in any system, right? You know, if you're, if you're open and, and I, I don't want to say I challenge, but I welcome, you, you know, I think I have a, a, a good set of skills. I think I, I call myself competent. I don't call myself an expert. I don't like that word. But, um, you, you know, I would love to, you know, invite folks to check my calculations and, and folks in the community have and they challenge me and they come out. And so that's a good thing. And, and to your point, when I'm watching the games, I get this all the time and, and you really get, you know, the folks who are really, you know, got the same genetic deformity that I do, where that all, they'll text me during the game. Hey, Ron, did you see that play? Was that a long pass? Was that a fumble? Was that a sack? How, how do you, how does, how will I see that in the game? And, and, you know, I, I, I obviously have, uh, uh, guidelines and, and criteria that define each of, of the plays and formations. So when I'm watching the game and I'm mapping that outcome into the game and I'm explaining to people, how does that get, get represented? Sure enough, there are scenarios where like, you know, a sideline pass is one of the offensive plays. So if you've got a, you know, there might be a wheel route where the running back is coming out of the backfield and he's going down the sideline and he's literally right on the sideline and he's going, and that's a common play for depending on your team and your running backs. I treat it as a sideline because my definition is within five yards of the sideline, doesn't matter which way the, the, the receiver's running, he could be even cutting in. But if the point of reception is within five yards of the sideline, that's a sideline. So, you know, but then there's times where it's like, okay, well, his foot's right on that, you know, where, you know, it's, it's like right on that marker. Was he real? Was, what was the intent of the play, you know? Or there's, or there's a, a, a ball batted at the line of scrimmage and then intercepted. And then you can see the two receivers, intended receivers behind them, uh, behind the line. One is six yards downfield, the other's 16 yards downfield, and they're lined up right there. So who was the quarterback going to? Is he going to the underneath receiver or the deeper receiver down? So yeah, there, there are, there absolutely, there are circumstances where you have to apply some subjectivity. Um, and that's true of any system. Anybody who's trying to do this work has that challenge. And I think the thing to, to, to take away is you want consistency in how you apply that so that you have apples and apples, as well as transparency and explain, how did you come up with that? And then, and then people, you know, then people can, can, can share their view and say, okay, great. That's exactly what I would think. Or, oh, you're, you're not thinking about it, right? Did you think about it this way? Transparency. I'm glad you said that word. I mean, that's, that's really the name of the game of games these days. I mean, certainly, Man, it's not just a social media thing. I mean, it's uh, although it certainly is the facilitator of it, but um, you know, it's kind of the selling point. The quality of it is a big part of it. It's like well, how accurate is accurate, and that's why it's like okay, don't don't take my word for it. You know, if you buy, you know, I'm not saying buy the PC game, but if you have a PC game, you can run the same season simulations that I do and see what the game's doing. Um, you know, see it, see, experience it for yourself. Don't just take my word for it, but see how it, how it plays out. About how much time a week do you devote to uh, taking care of the baby? 
So, so during the season, this, so right now is actually probably my busiest time because there's no bye weeks. So you got all 16 games in the season and it, it, it roughly takes, you know, depending on the uh, game video editor, um, the game pass service, which NFL, anybody can subscribe to it. I think it's $99. That's what I use. It's, it's uh, highly uh, marketed on their website and throughout their games. They condense the video down to anywhere to from 30 minutes. Um, longer games will go up to 45 minutes. Add a little bit of overhead for me to set up my parser and all. So it's a little under an hour, hour at most per game. So that's 16 hours a week. Um, ultimately, you know, let's just say, you know, now this week it's 17, this year it's 17 games. So 17 times 16, that's data collection. And then once the regular season ends, it takes me about four hours per team to go through all that analyzed data and and package it and push it into the to the game format. So it's not trivial. It's not trivial, but I this is how I justify it. I probably would watch one or two games anyway. So that's six hours. So it's only the marginal investment of time that I'm really out of pocket on. <laughs> Diligence, diligence. Now, given all the experience you've had here, have you ever thought about trying your hand at a non-football game? Yes, I have. Um, I just, I, I was actually a baseball, I believe football was not my favorite sport growing up. I was a huge baseball fan, huge. Now um, I, I'm still an Orioles fan. Uh, so, uh, and I admit it, but I don't watch them anymore as much as I should uh, because they're not doing as well to be frank but uh, um, you know I've thought about I've thought about baseball and and if, if I think about how DD the engine of how DDF works oh man I, I, I I'd have to think more on it I, I don't see a, I don't see a, an analogous like easy port where I can just kind of take the fundamental design principles and move it over. I could, but I, I think then you're like pitch level statistics almost on the baseball side. I think it I think the data processing would be extreme. Um, so I'd want to dial that back. I, you know, there would have to be some changes there. I would love to do a hockey sim. Uh, my son played hockey, uh, plays hockey even still today uh, in, a, in a rec league. I, I've become a, a fan of the game over the past 10, 15 years, I'd say. I would love to really do a, a kick butt hockey game, but I don't know. I mean, I, I've got I've got to wait for retirement uh, before I can start to take on more more projects. Horse racing, horse racing is one that's also near near and dear to my heart. I have some solid ideas for that. So I'm maybe in the off season, but I, actually, I want to take DD up to the cloud. That's kind of a, a a project I'm working on now. Move it to Azure or AWS and port the code over. Um, you know, Windows Desktop worked up until maybe five years ago, um, even maybe even before that. But you know, the the platform's really constrained right now, and I'd I'd love to open it up and um, you know get it on a more cross-platform, more accessible way for folks to interact with it. I know we cannot thank you enough, sir. I mean, this is just, it's, it's like you pull off that painter game and then you see the DDF is still there, man. And folks, you know, it's, it's absolutely a thrill. Uh, last thoughts. Um, 
given what you just said about you know taking it to the cloud, what are your thoughts about sustaining or the the, the abiding interest in whether it's tabletop or PC or console sports gaming vis-a-vis uh, -vis kind of people's gaming habits generally now and in particular kind of the evolution of the fan base of football and sports in general? Excellent question. Excellent question. Love this question. And, and what I would say to that is, you know, a good game is a good game, whether it was in 1969, 1989, 2021, if there is something there, you can, you can build an, an ecosystem or a platform around it. You can build a brand around it. If there, if, if it's a, a good book is a good book, whether it was written 200 years ago or today, a good movie was, a, is a good movie, you know, a hundred years ago or 50 years ago, as it is today, same thing with gaming. And, and what I'm, what for me, particularly on the sports side, you know, I, I just want to, um, you know, I know what, and probably anybody in this hobby, you know, the, the, the realism, the, the friendships, the time spent in the hobby, those memories are priceless, right? So I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't want that to get lost to, you know, people coming after me, right? I, I know what playing the game meant to me and my friends, and I get messages like this all the time, just like you framed up this question. So to me, it's about being pure to that. And it just so happens that Pater is the game that meant the most to me and uh, what I've been able to do with it. So, I, you know, whether it's on the cloud, whether it's the tabletop format, um, you know, hopefully the outcome is it somehow brings people together. That's what, the, what, I, what I've gained out of this process is the community that has come back to the game and the folks that I've met, uh, the people that I interact with, the emails that I get are just, uh, you know, uh, one, one gentleman, uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, his dad, him and his dad used to play the game uh, late, uh, early 70s. And up until, the, you know, life caught up with them and, and, you know, kind of fell away from it. They started playing it again. Um, every night before the Super Bowl, I post, you know, I post the, the, the draft versions of the Super Bowl teams. His dad's like 86 or 88, and they've been doing it for like a decade now. And he's like, this is my, this is my favorite day of the year. And, and, you know, I, uh, you know, I love to hear his game report, uh, you know, after they do the pre-play and, you know, it, it's really about that. So I think if I'm true to what the game can deliver and, um, you know, represent, hopefully folks will uh, continue to talk about it and get together and, uh, you know, just have that experience with each other, playing a game and having fun, because I, ultimately that's what the objective is. Awesome, sir. Brilliantly said. Thank you so much for your insights for sharing your time here and for keeping a really beloved game alive. And, and thanks for the invitation, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting with you. Great questions and hope to see everyone soon.